Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox and I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I'd like to welcome you to my January 2018 podcast series of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. But first, a word about this month's sponsor, Conversant. As the leading global provider of ethics and compliance cloud software, Conversant connects ethics to business performance by weaving ethics and values into everyday operations in over 600 of the world's largest companies. Its ethics cloud platform provides a suite of applications, Conversant Insight, Conversant's Helpline, Conversant Campaigns, Conversant Disclosures, and Conversant Third Parties that gives executives insight required to make proactive, informed decisions about their company's ethical health. Conversant's customers include Microsoft, Tesla, Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts, Campanini, and Under Armour, who care deeply about driving ethics into the center of their organizations. Check out more at conversant.com. If you have been following me over the past year, you know that I have gone on a one-year exploration of various components of a best practices compliance program. However, during this exploration, there were two very important documents released by the Department of Justice relating to a best practices compliance program. In February 2017, there was the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs document, and in November 2017, there was the announcement of the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy. Therefore, in this month of January, I'm going to lay out for you what should go into your best practices compliance program based upon the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program and these two documents. Over the next 31 days, I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize a compliance program using the most recent DOJ resources. I hope you will join me for the full 31 days as we engage in an exploration to a more effective compliance program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 25, Compliance Functions in an Organization. The role of the compliance professional and the compliance function in a corporation has grown steadily in stature and prestige over the years. It was articulated in the 2012 FCPA guidance that a company should have adequate staffing, and resources dedicated to a compliance program for its size, structure, and risk profile. However, that was significantly expanded under the evaluation of corporate compliance programs and the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy. We previously took a look at it from the CCO perspective. Today, we're going to take a look at it from the compliance program perspective. So under autonomy and resources prong of the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, the following questions are asked under compliance role. Was compliance involved in the training and decisions relevant to the misconduct? Did compliance or relevant control functions ever raise a concern in the area of the misconduct occurred? Under empowerment, have there been specific instances where compliance raised concerns or objections in the area which were wrong wrongdoing occurred? How has the company responded to such compliance concerns? Have there been specific transactions or deals that were stopped, modified, or more closely examined as a result of compliance concerns? And finally, under funding and resources, how have decisions been made about the allocation of personnel and resources for compliance and relevant control functions in light of the company's risk profile? Have there been times when 
requests for resources by compliance and relevant control functions have been denied? If so, how has those decisions been made? The evaluation added another set of inquiries based uh, that were not found in the 2012 FCPA guidance around outsourced core compliance functions. So these questions include, has the company outsourced all or parts of its compliance function to an external firm or consultant? What has been the rationale for doing so? Who's been involved in the decision to outsource? How has that process been managed, including who oversaw or liaised with the external firm or consultant? What access level does the external firm or consultant have to company information? How has the effectiveness of the outsourcing process been assessed internally to the company? Under the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy, the DOJ listed the following factors relating to a corporate compliance function it would consider as indicia of an effective compliance and ethics program. Number one, the resources the company dedicated to compliance. Number two, the quality and experience of the personnel involved in compliance such that they understand and identify transactions, activities that could pose a potential risk. Number three, the authority and independence of the compliance function and the availability of compliance expertise to the board. Number four, the compensation promotion of personnel involved in compliance, including in, view, in a view of their role, responsibilities, performance, and other appropriate factors. And number five, the reporting structure of compliance personnel uh, employed by or contracted with the company. So what are some of the things you need to look about? Well, first of all, funding and resources. You will now have to justify your compl corporate compliance spend. This means at a minimum you will have to meet some general industry standard or benchmarking. If a corporation tries to lowball bo both the pay to compliance professionals and the dollar and headcount made available to the compliance function, it will not be viewed positively. Also, in the as laid out in the evaluation, a company must be prepared to defend any request for compliance resources which were turned down. Budget requests and allocations are awful, all, always difficult times in any corporation. There's never enough money to go around, and the most senior management thinks it's their job to slash all budget requests simply as a matter of course. Now such blanket management will be penalized by the Department of Justice. What about the role of compliance and its empowerment? More than simply throwing money at the compliance function, as if that would ever happen. The DOJ is now inquiring into how the compliance <coughs> function and its recommendations are treated. If there is a business unit override of compliance functions, there must be an auditable decision trail. This, of course, is anathema to corporate executives who not, do not want to put themselves at risk. But it will put your company at FCPA risk if you don't. And finally, let me say a few words about the outsourcing of compliance. This area of compliance practice has risen largely since the articulation of the 10 hallmarks of, the, of an effective compliance program in the 2012 FCPA guidance. While this might make sense from a cost perspective, it can be largely problematic if it is not properly managed. Rarely do outsiders have the same access as corporate employees, particularly a function in a function as important as compliance. Here, a company must not only have a rationale in place, but largely be, which will largely be a cost savings. A company must also have a mechanism in place to assess on an ongoing basis the outsourced compliance function. This will be beyond the reach of probably 99% of companies engaged in such outsourcing. The evaluation and new FCPA corporate enforcement policy both demonstrate the continued evolution 
of thinking by the Department of Justice around the compliance function. Their articulated inquiries can only strengthen a corporate compliance function specifically and the compliance profession more generally. The more the DOJ talks about the independence of, coupled with the resources being made available and the authority of a corporate compliance function, the more corporations will see it directly in their interest to provide the resources, authority, and gravitas to the compliance profession. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, how is compliance treated in the budgetary process? Is it in the legal department? If so, is it a poor stepchild of legal, only receiving a portion of what the legal team receives? If it's a separate, uh, do they get uh, increase in budget? Even in this uh, white-hot economy, as uh, Donald Trump tells us continually, what's been the experience of your corporate compliance function for resources allocations in the budgetary process? Two, has your compliance function had any decisions overridden by senior management? If so, is there a business justification for doing so? If you don't have one, that's going to be indicia of a non-effective compliance program that the Department of Justice will not look favorably upon. And then number three, Beware the outsourcing of compliance as any such contractor must have access to company documents and personnel going forward. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed Day 25, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for Day 26 as we continue our exploration of 31 days to a more effective compliance program by taking a look at operationalizing your compliance program through the payroll function. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program, sponsored by Conversant. I hope you will join me tomorrow, and indeed for the entire 31 days in January, while I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize your compliance program using the most recent resources the Department of Justice has communicated to us, the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, and the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.